Content presented on the following podcast is for information purposes only. The views and opinion expressed from host and caregivers are solely given based on the experiences of the individuals involved. Because each person is so unique, always consult your physician, physical or occupational therapist, or medical and fitness advice. Are you struggling to help your aging parents or disabled spouse to do everyday personal care tasks? Are you concerned about them falling or you injuring yourself? What is the task that is so difficult for you to help them to do? You are not alone. We can help. Finding a Foothold is a weekly podcast show that invites you to call in and tell us your challenge. Here, you can receive practical tips and strategies from an occupational therapist. And here is your host, Consuela Marshall. Hello, I'm Consuela, a caregiver coach, occupational therapist, and welcome to Finding a Foothold. And today I want to continue something I talked about a couple of weeks ago, and that is making sure when you are leaving the hospital with your loved one that you are leaving with the things that you need and that you feel so that you can feel more equipped to safely care for them at home. So today I want to talk about discharge instructions. If your loved one had a surgery. They went into the hospital and they had a surgery. So they're coming home. So they likely will have an incision that needs to be taken care of. And in some types of surgeries, they have a list of do's and don'ts related to the physical aspect of the recovery process. So as an occupational therapist, I just want to key in on those physical aspects of recovery. Often when a person is going into the hospital to have an elective surgery, they are giving a a booklet that outlines what the surgery is going to be and what what will be some do's and don'ts that will have to take place in in order for the, the recovery process to go as smoothly as possible. So for instance, if a knee replacement or hip replacement those type of surgeries, which oftentimes are in some cases elective, then the patient can know what to expect. The surgery provides them with a book, they tells them that it will tell them how to prep for the surgery, and it outlines the things that will take place after the surgery. Because the whole point is that, you know, the more informed the patient is, the better they are able to participate in their recovery process. So when a patient has had a, an orthopedic surgery or even a cardiac surgery, I'll just talk about two recent ones, a hip replacement that has a certain approach where they went in and did the, re, the, the surgery from a posterior approach. Those tend to have specific things that are do's and don'ts to protect the hip. And another one that I had the privilege of being the therapist for someone this week who had a cardiac surgery, where they had a cardiac bypass surgery, and it involved opening the chest wall to do the repairs of the heart, to get the blood flow there and do whatever repairs that they do. But when they come home, they often need therapy. So when you have those particular surgeries, then they come home with precautions. There are specific things that are do's and don'ts that must be adhered to or you run the risk of injury, causing damage to the incision site, damage to the repair that was done. So one thing I want to just make families aware of is that in the discharge packets, you're gonna get tons of paperwork. Things related to their diet, related to their medicines, related to 
every uh, precaution in the world in regard to what are the side effects of this medication, that medication, and some of that is some scary stuff. You know, you wonder why you take some of that medication when you're looking at some of the side effects of it. But they give you a packet, often some papers that have been uh, paper clipped together that really outline a whole lot of things that are to just make you better informed so you know what to watch out for when your loved one is home and they're going through that recovery process. Well, in that paperwork is often specific instructions related to the surgeries where they will often give you diagrams of these are things you do and these are things you don't do depending on a certain orthopedic surgery. Working with patients, I mean, just working even with shoulders. There are just certain movements that you make with the shoulder at certain levels of the rehab. And if you're not adhering to those instructions, you run the risk of just making things difficult in the recovery process. Wounds don't heal properly. Uh, the, the alignment that took place in surgery is often undone and you get some healing that is not proper. And then it leads to not being able to use those limbs. So I wanna just caution families to really make sure you know what to look out for. Get those packets out of the pay, out of those bags. You're gonna receive bags that are unused supplies that were in the room. They're stuffing those in bags. You got those socks they're putting in the bags. Just all kinds of things as they're cleaning out the rooms, they're stuffing all kinds of things in bags for you to take home. And nurses run in, they give you a quick spill of what to do and with the medications and they're going through a lot of things. And they oftentimes, and they actually do, go through what are the things that the surgeon wants to see done and not done in the recovery process, regardless of whether it was a shoulder or a hip or a knee plate replacement or cardiac surgery, or even just some type of internal surgery that went on, there are often things that are what we say contraindicated. You do not want to do these things or you're going to get yourself into some trouble. And those are the things I want you all to be aware of, that when you get home, review the literature that was given to you. and. Oftentimes, if it's orthopedic related, they have specific diagrams that give pictures of what activities are prohibited. Oftentimes with a big X on top of a picture that shows maybe a person with their legs crossed. With some particular hip surgeries, crossing of the legs is strictly prohibited because it can uh, result in a dislocation, the hip prosthesis that's been put in. Other things like with the cardiac surgery, a certain movements of the arm really put a lot of stress on that sternal region where the chest was opened and it had to be put back together. And you have a brochure that details in great, you know, gives specific details in what are the arm movements, what are the lifting capacities of a person that's recovering from a cardiac surgery. And it also tells you what are the things they need to be doing. They need to be up and walking. They need to be moving around. All of these things that are often outlined in a sort of a progression. What do you do at week one? What do you do at week two? What do you do at? And it sort of gives you step-by-step -step, um, instructions on what you are to do to, do to just aid in that process of recovering from a surgery. 
So as caregivers, I just want to caution. I know you're tired. You, you wait all day to get discharged from the hospital. It can be a lengthy process and very fatiguing process for your loved one. But when you get home and settle down, start to unpack those bags that have paperwork in it and go through those paperworks and make sure that you know the do's and don'ts. And oftentimes with the surgery, but not all the time, therapy does come in and they do give you uh, instructions and really take the, paper, the words off of the paper and show you how to put it into practice. What does it mean when it says, do not internally rotate your foot after a hip surgery? Don't externally, don't do an ex extension of the hip after this surgery. You can read that and it could just really be foreign to you in the beginning, but the therapist will come in and they will like show you what are you doing in your life that will result in you making that movement. Because we'll often say, oh, I never do that. I never do that. But there are certain movements that automatically happen when you are opening a door or you're making a turn from one direction to the other. Knowing where the hips are, knowing where the, the feet are in relationship to the hip really can be um, difficult to think about. And therapists do get in there and they really show you how to do things where you can protect yourself. But bottom line, if, but you know, one thing is sometimes therapy could be one or two days before they're, get, before they're there to even help make sense of that information. So as a caregiver, just being mindful of making sure you read. Read what those do's and don'ts are, regardless of the surgery. Carpal tunnel, there are different, different precautions about what to do, how long to wear that splint on the hand, when to take it off, what exercises can you do at certain weeks of the recovery? What are some things you need to be doing right away? And I'm just doing my movements up. The different movements that you're doing is you're recovering from a carpal tunnel surgery. All of those things are given to the patients. Look, the, the surgeons, they want good outcomes. They want to see patients that go through the, the surgery and they recover well that they can get back the most range of motion, the most strength, the most function in being able to use that part of the body to live their life. So, and their success rates uh, are not just success in the surgery room in getting everything done. It is how are they gonna protect the surgery that was done? So as caregivers, going through those paperworks are, is boring but it's essential that you know the do's and the don'ts related to the surgery, so all goes well. Okay, so that was my topic for today. And for you all, I am going to be posting um, a, a list of things that you really wanna make sure are in order before you leave the hospital. Just information in general. What are, the, what are the things that you need to make sure you know before you exit the door of the hospital? And who are the people's names? What are their phone number extensions? Those people that you can call back and say, hey, mom went home this morning or went home yesterday and you mentioned she was gonna have this prescription, but we got home and it wasn't in our paperwork or we called the pharmacy, they, hadn't, they, they haven't seen anything that came from the hospital. So you wanna make sure you get those names and numbers so that you know who to call when you get home and just things just don't, seem to be right. Even if your loved one is not coming straight home, 
even if they're transitioning to another facility, like a skilled nursing unit or an uh, inpatient rehab facility, and you have questions of how the transitions are going to take place, you want to make sure you get those answered before they leave the building and so that you can be better informed about, do you like the choices were you that were made or were you given options or did someone just make choices for you and you didn't have a lot of input into where you wanted your loved one to go to continue their recovery phase. So thanks for listening in today and I hope this information was of value to you. And I just want to emphasize and also just point out that Finding a Foothold has a clubhouse. I love clubhouse and it's growing where you get to talk back to me, ask me more specifics instead of me doing all the talking. That way we can interact. So jump over to uh, Clubhouse, just become a member of the Caregivers Finding Hope Club at uh, Clubhouse. And that way we can get the dialogue and really get to know a little bit more about things that you can do to help in the caregiving process. One other thing is TikTok, started that. And there is tips and strategies there that you can get uh, that can help you at Finding a Foothold on TikTok. So, but visit the website, check out the link tree. All of the information that I'm giving you is there. There are links to everything that I'm mentioning. Uh, there's also a $4.99 a caregiver guidebook that you can use to download for those of you all who are new to caregiving or having just, just issues with trying to pinpoint what are your areas of concern? To sort of take it from, oh, everything is wrong to like really making you look at everything that you're doing and seeing where the really pain points so that we can, so that then you can start looking at how can I change that? And then maybe going through a systematic approach as you're going through the guidebook of like saying, you know, these are really areas of of concern, bathing, dressing, or the transfers. It's just setting boundaries, whatever it is. That book, that guidebook is really short. It's an ebook, but it makes you think. Think about what are those things that are really stressing me out. I mean, specific task. And then from that, you can then begin to start to think, how can I make these things different? How can I get help from someone who knows a little bit more about that, that can help me just take the load off, take some of the pressure off of what I'm doing uh, to care for my loved one. So all of those things are there in the, in the link tree. So thanks again for uh, tuning in today and I will see you again. Take care. Have a good day.